0: Many times, you know, you'll have a, a leader that talks about a problem employee, but they've never mentioned those behaviors ever. And then all of a sudden they want to fire them. And it's like, well, what have you done to work with this individual? Well, I haven't. I'm just tired of it. It's, you know, well, that's when we we need to be able to have that safe environment at the very beginning, day one on the job hey, this is, this is something that I, I've seen you do. And let me, let me kind of talk to you a little bit about how we do things here. And I'd like to learn from you how, you know, what you're thinking while you were doing that. So we can really meet in the middle somewhere here.
1: Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community please follow rate and review good morning hr on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can also find us on facebook instagram youtube or at goodmorninghr.com my definition of a leader is someone who organizes and incentivizes others to achieve shared goals But that'd be a lot easier if the people we lead came fully equipped to meet every challenge. But they don't. And how we as leaders respond to situations when someone isn't quite there yet has a giant impact on employee engagement and organizational success. But just like our team members, sometimes we as leaders aren't quite there yet. And that is where today's guest comes in. Christine Conway is a certified coach who transforms leaders who fix into leaders who facilitate the fix. She has over 20 years of excellence in improving experiences through the leverage of people development in organizations of all sizes and across industries. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Christine.
0: Thank you, Mike, for having me.
1: So... We're of the same generation, so I can say this. You have undoubtedly worked with hundreds of leaders over your career. What do you think most leaders don't understand about coaching their team members?
0: Oh, there are so many misconceptions. <laughs> um, I think the the first one uh, would be that it takes too much time. And that's the first pushback that I get is that I don't have time to coach. I, have, I need to get things done. And it's easier for me to do it myself or tell somebody what to do than it is for me to coach them through something.
1: Yeah, and how how many of us as leaders—that's just our only job. The only thing we have to do today is lead people. But <laughs> no, you know, we don't have to read emails. We don't have to get that report done. We don't have to do all those things. If you know, all we have to do is just lead people all day, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And that just didn't happen. And so I, I'm guilty of it. Uh, in fact. Every year, uh, this is during our annual planning, uh, we all go around and say, you know, one thing on my senior team, everybody, one thing somebody's done really great and something we'd we like them to, you know, stop doing or, or do differently in the coming year. And then, you know, there's usually a consensus around that. And mine this year was uh, spend more time developing my my uh, senior team on a one-on-one basis, and, uh, and I thought I was good at, I thought I was doing a good job. We have one-to-ones every month, every week and, uh, all of that, but they felt like they, you know, I, I was getting too in the weeds, uh, and not spending enough time on, on the bigger picture stuff, working with them. And so I can definitely see how a leader would say, oh, it's going to take too much time because it is right. Yeah, it's going to take time, absolutely. maybe not too much. So right. what would you say to that leader who says, oh, it's going to take too much time?
0: I would say, yeah, it's going to take more time than it does now. Initially, Um, you're going to pay it, you know, at the front end of it, it's, it's front loaded. However, you know, when if you spend an hour with someone coaching them through how to do a certain task or how to handle a certain situation, that hour is going to pay off because that individual is not going to keep coming back to you over and over again to have you fix things. And um, so it's it's definitely an investment, but it is it's not a quick fix. And you know that's what we want. We want quick fixes. And if I can do it myself, that's a quick fix. Well, that's great. But then you don't have time to do the work that you're supposed to do.
1: So if I'm a leader who is definitely in fix mode, who's just okay, here, give it to me. Let me have it. Or yeah, send me that. I. I Say that too much. I can tell I just said that. It's like, oh, wow. I probably said that twice today. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if, if I'm if I'm if I'm that that guy, uh, what's the what's the first thing I need to reconsider uh, as far as, you know, to improve the situation?
0: Yeah, well, I would suggest that you think bigger picture. Um, often we're, we're wanting to address something that's right in front of us, right? So you, someone's got a problem and you're like, send it to me, let me take care of it. But bigger picture, um, we have to take a step back from being the fixer and the solution provider by um, letting the individual use that as something to develop with. And that's where we start developing teams. That's where we start developing talent to where individuals don't come to us for that type of thing any, any longer because they're using it to learn from. If we fixed it all the time, there would be nothing for them to learn. And we don't learn from uh, being told how to do something. We don't learn by um, really watching someone else do it. We learn by putting our hands in it and doing it and having the experience.
1: So what does that look like? I mean, if I think what you're saying is like walk alongside that person while they do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank God just,
1: that will take forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you have to think about what questions um, could you ask that individual in order to spark thought. And that is important. Um, being able to um, spark thought in the individual um, so that they can think of different ways, better ways to do things, um, which they actually come up with better solutions than we could give them.
1: So questions like were you just born dumb?" or, or what kind of questions <laughs> What kind of questions would you ask uh, to help to help spark thought?
0: Yeah, yeah not that one.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so the, the question that I would ask would be something like, well what have you tried already? Get them to talk about it. Um, sometimes they've tried a thousand things and they're frustrated or sometimes they haven't tried anything and they're coming directly to you because you've always provided them with the uh, solution. So why should I try?
1: So you've trained them. So you've trained oh, them to do that, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, Mike, that is such a wonderful thing, because, yes, we train everyone in our world how they are reacting to us. We've trained them from from the from day one. So asking them questions that are um, open ended that um, do not have an easy yes, no, um, questions that are thought-provoking, that make people think. So whenever you ask a question and you see someone go, hmm, you know, you can see the kind of the wheels turning, you know at that point that you've asked them a question that just sparked thought.
1: Okay, so what have you tried before? Uh, um, Why are you... Why? Are you, why did you do it this way? <laughs> uh, yeah, tell me. Uh, tell me how. What tell were thinking? Me. Or, what the yeah. hell were you thinking? See, I go right <laughs> back to it every time.
0: That is an open-ended question, but that's yeah, not the kind of open-ended that, question we want to 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 use. Um, so, you know, uh, what have you tried before? And um, tell me about. Um, tell me what's gone on t- from this point. Uh, What's important about this situation? Um, You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Things like that. I tend to coach leaders not to ask the question why, um, because why sometimes trips us up and makes us feel a little defensive. And so, um, you know, when you're in a situation with an employee or any other human, you want to make them feel safe. So that they can tell you, well, I tried this before and it, it blew up in my face. So I didn't really want to tell you that. But if you've made me feel safe, then I can say, yeah, Mike, I tried that. And I got four customer complaints when I did that. Hmm. You know, there you go. and then when you say, well, tell me about that. And then, you know, it's not a punishment. It's a, it's more of creating dialogue.
1: So to ask the right questions, does a, a leader need to change how they're thinking about the person that they're they're coaching?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of fundamentals that I use when I teach leaders how to tweak their leadership style to more of a coach-like style. And one of them is that you have to believe in your heart of hearts that the person across from you or on the video from you or on the other side of the phone, you have to fully believe that they're capable of doing it and they're capable of improvement. Um, If you don't believe that, it's going to come out. It's going to come out in in your tones. It's going to come out in the types of questions that you ask. Um, It's going to come out in the patience that you do or do not have (laughs) with that individual, uh, for sure. And, um, you know, another kind of belief that I ask um, leaders to take on when they're doing this is that they have to understand that, they don't own the fix and that freaks leaders out because that's why I'm in the position I am in. I fix things. Well, as a leader, it's more important for you to facilitate the fix by helping others learn how to fix because you're only one person and this really does um, make the ripple effect go even further and it makes you more valuable. But that is something that a lot of leaders are, they're very resistant because I, you know, when it comes down to the, to the nitty gritty, I'm the one responsible. Yeah, you are. And so how can you facilitate the fixes in a way that generates more innovation, that generates more development, that gets people engaged in their jobs? I mean, how many times do you like being told what to do, Mike?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not very good at that, no.
0: No, most of us aren't. Most of us aren't because, you know, that puts us at an uneven field. And when we're coaching like a, or leading like a coach, we're, we're human to human, which is a really safe place. And, you know, you're not above me and I'm not above you. We're together and we're working through this. We're partnering together.
1: So it's more of a focus on an outcome. That 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 shared goal. Here's how do we get where we need to go?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Without me as
1: the leader becoming the bottleneck, because I think that's definitely something I've I've struggled with. Is is you know I'll say oh here give it to me or shoot it to me and or let me look at that, and then I get a mile long list of to dos. Yeah. That that pe- people may wait. Absolutely. Sure.
0: And then you're not Whereas, you're not able to do the higher strategy stuff.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And and then I so uh, in those cases, the leader just needs to get out of the way, make sure we're on the same page, talk through the issues and then just get the heck out of the way.
0: Absolutely. And that's tough because, you know, we like to we like to have control.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and especially in the entrepreneurial world like I'm in, I mean, this is my baby. I came up with the concept. I mean, there are a lot of things that, you know, They people in our office, they say that's the imperative way, but what that really means is that's the coffee way because that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's my vision they're executing still 23 years later. And I mean, I've got amazing people, uh, but you know, it's still the gospel according to coffee at the end of the day and that they're, you know, that they're executing again. So, uh, but I need to, f- figure out often, I guess, better about how to, how to get out of their way. What are some things that a leader can do to get out of the way? Um, you know, I, you know, what kind of, you know, what, do I need a mantra to myself or do I need to, you know, a rubber band where I pop on my wrist every time I inter, you know intervene on something? Or what are some, what do you see, what do you see leaders successfully doing to, to make that transition?
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing, Mike, is really becoming more self-aware. Finding out, I mean, just like the roundtable that you had where your folks had told you, you know, that you they want more development, want more conscious um, effort towards them. And really seeking out that feedback um, constantly and in, in, in ways, in different ways. You know, if you're if you're asking for the same um, activity to happen over and over again, you're having to ask for that. Um, it's probably not the executioner of the, of the task. It might be the asker of the task, um, and find those things out. Um, you know, there are, of course there's, you know, surveys all over the place that there are assessments that you can take to, to kind of help you give yourself some insight. And that's what, if you, if you work on yourself first, then you're able to really be um, different with your with your um, employees and get better results. Um, the way that I work with leaders is that we first talk about how do we become more present? Are you in the room with me? Or are you physically here and your mind is two blocks down? Um, how do you do that? And how do you get present? And how do you focus? And, and really working on that because That is really the foundational piece of um, being able to to lead in a coach like way is you've got to get out of your own way before you can get out of their way and becoming more present, more mindful. um, We work a lot on emotional intelligence. How do we how do we use emotions as data? Uh, Well, we have to, first of all, recognize them and we have to be present in order to recognize them. And all of that starts with becoming self-aware. That's really the the heart of becoming um, better in whatever
1: you do. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. 23 years ago, I founded Imperative to help risk-averse companies make well-informed decisions about the people they involve in their business. Often that involves giving employers thorough and easy-to-understand background checks on prospective employees, but sometimes it means helping families make well-informed decisions when hiring nannies or other caregivers. Outside of employment, we help services firms with their client acceptance and know-your-customer requirements, and we help investors research the principles in firms in which they are considering making private equity placements. Basically, if people are involved, there's risk involved we help companies identify and mitigate that risk. You can learn more about Imperative at imperativeinfo.com. And if you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on recert credits. Then select episode 53 and enter the keyword Conway. That's Conway, and now back to my conversation with Christine Conway. It's interesting that you talk about the emotional intelligence thing because that's always been, you know, I've, I've read the HBR articles and and some Daniel Goldman and some and stuff. But um, I was at lunch with someone not long ago, and they said something that struck me wrong. But you know, I was going to let it pass, and and he stopped and said. Hey, that, that seemed to strike, that seemed to make a, you know, to uh, hit a chord with you. What were you thinking right then? Yes. And he just called me on the carpet and I was like, oh, well, and then I, you know, and we got, it led to a much deeper conversation than, than I was planning on having with this guy, uh, you know, but it, I thought it was a great question and it showed that he was paying attention. Yes. And, and I thought that was a, a really, really interesting question. And it kind of drove home for me. That's what emotional intelligence. That's all this stuff we've talked about. That that ability to to pick up somebody else's, you know, responses, you know, and take that as stimuli to understand what's going on with them. Yeah. I I thought, wow, that's that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And then you know, pick up picking up your own stimuli as well, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Understanding
0: yeah. that you know when you're talking with someone, um, how you are or are not present. What, you know, what are the words that they're saying that might be triggering you to not listen and, and understanding that so that you can be present and show up 100% regardless of what the topic is, regardless of what triggers may be present.
1: Yeah. And I think that's true for for fixers, especially. They start. You start telling me the problem. I've got the answer already, right? So let's just get through your talking part. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here's what you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and my head's already three, four steps and, you know, people who are, you know, you know, I'm high intuition and, uh, and, and so I know what the answer is before I often know why that's the answer. And so to step back as a leader and say, okay, I see where this is going. Let me ask the question so that this person gets to the the right place without me having to to wow. draw, you know, carry them there, and and then, like you said, they've learned it right, and
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely. And okay.
0: sometimes, as a leader, I mean, we we may be very intuitive, and and especially with you know with the same types of situations, right? They come in different flavors. They may look a little different, but <laughs> at the at the root, they're very similar, and and that's what um, I help leaders do is that you know I kind of envision a funnel, right? And your conversation starts at the very top of the funnel and it kind of goes around and you're kind of finding out what it is that they're talking to you about. Well, there's a couple of times that you go, oh, I know exactly. But if you wait and you probe and you ask questions and you listen, it may be that same thing that you were thinking, but it may not have been. And when you get to the heart of it, it then it then allows that other individual to to have said what they needed to say to process, you're finding out more information because when we know the solution before they've gotten it all out, we've cut off dialogue and we've lost a lot of data there. And in order for us to really build impactful relationships with one another, we've gotta have data and we've gotta use it intelligently.
1: If, if I get it, okay? So I wanna, I wanna be emotionally intelligent uh, and I wanna be self-aware. Uh, and hear what's going on inside and, and how I'm responding. Um, do you have a preferred assessment that you like? Um, I you know I've had some experience with some of them and and I find them pretty liberating. To, you know <laughs> but do you have one that you really like or
0: I do actually. Um, I use um, a learning in actions um, emotional intelligence assessment, which is it's one that I use with my one-on one clients and it goes through actual videos of situations and you have to react, not how you think you should, but really how you're, how you feel inside. And it is very, very insightful. And um, it helps you understand yourself on a, on a, on a level that you just, you, you go, Oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's and it's really, you know, it's it's a probably it takes you about 45 minutes to take. Um, but it gets you at the core and it's how you're wired um, so that you can know how to navigate knowing your wiring.
1: So that's the learning in actions, emotional intelligence.
0: Yes, it's learning okay. in action, um, emotional intelligence assessment.
1: Interesting. OK, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So there's there are these situations we've talked about so far where we're 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 showing someone how to do something or helping somebody solve a problem but there are those other situations where it's not you know how do i get tab A into slot A but it's more about a behavioral change this is what we need you to do to change, or this is, you know, we need to, we need, this is the behavior we value in the organization. This is in order, this is how to get things done here. uh, And you're not living that you're not, you know, you're not aligned with our values. How do you have that conversation as a leader?
0: Yeah. So it's really helping, you know, one of the competencies that we work with in, um, in teaching leaders how to coach is creating awareness and helping that individual become aware of how they're impacting others um, is the first step. Because if I'm not aware, because the you know the other uh, mindset or fundamental is that you can't force coaching on anyone. Because coaching is a partnership.
1: It's and like Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Yeah. Okay. There you go.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so, when someone doesn't see a need for change, you can talk all day long. And it's not going to be impactful. They have to see the need. So being able to create that awareness with them. um, And that's why so many of the organizations do like 360 feedback. Um, They, um, you know, the best way, though, the the very best way is direct communication with individuals in the moment all the time. You know, many times, you know, you'll have a, a leader that talks about a problem employee but they've never mentioned those behaviors ever and then all of a sudden they want to fire them and it's like well what have you done to work with this individual well i haven't i'm just tired of it is you know well that's when we we need to be able to have that safe environment at the very beginning day 1 on the job hey this is this is something that i i've seen you do and let me let me kind of talk to you a little bit about how we do things here and i'd like to learn from you how, you know, what you're thinking while you were doing that. So we can really meet in the middle somewhere here. Um, so awareness, 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 and in the moment feedback um is, is a big one. But if you if you haven't done that and you've got to say you inherited someone and they and their behaviors are just, you know, not aligning, you know. Remember, safe environment. Partnering. I'm not, I'm not the boss of you, even though I am, but I'm not, you know, we're human, right?
1: We're having a conversation. We're okay. having
0: a conversation. And the heart of this conversation is so that I can get a better understanding so that I can help you be successful here.
1: Okay.
0: And when you start off a conversation like that, that does help de-escalate. It helps me feel safe. It makes me know that you care enough about this situation for me to have a conversation with you. And it's about my success. It's not about your ego. It's not about you, you know, um, uh, getting me in trouble. It's about the success. And um, then you're able to talk about the things as long as you're not, you know, condemning the individual. You're talking about the behavior. Be curious. Sometimes we forget to be curious. We think we know all. Um, But there's a thousand things that could be causing something that you have no idea about. And that's important to remember.
1: And earlier you talked about fully believing the person can do what you need them to do. Um, and, and I would guess that that goes beyond just a task. They have the, you know, assuming they have the ability. Okay, we're gonna. I'm not gonna waste my. uh, Otherwise, you're wasting your time. If I don't believe this person's gonna change their behavior, then why are we even bothering having the conversation? Other than documentation, so that down the road when we have to, you know, let them go, we've we've got documentation, which is the probably the worst reason to do any of this. Uh, But (laughs) absolutely. uh, But if so, if 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 I need to go into the conversation. With with faith that this person, I guess it's going in with good faith, really, right? Now that that we're going to have an honest conversation here. I, I you know. I'm the knucklehead who hired this person, so if it's uh, you know if this doesn't work out, it's on me. And that's one thing I've I've had a lot of conversation I've had with employers over the years, many times, uh, or especially hiring managers, is this is not a problem with this employee. This is a problem with you. You put the wrong you know you put the square peg in a round hole, yeah, and and now you're hammering on it to make it fit. Absolutely.
0: And so if we're
1: so we have to have that idea that they can be that they can be successful here. And, and, and that goes back to that self-awareness of me as the leader, though, mm-hmm. to say, okay, what, yeah. what presuppositions am I walking into this conversation with?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there's going to be times when, when, when the individual is not capable. And then the solution isn't coaching because coaching helps with capabilities and helps facilitate that out. At that point, you transition to training. Because there's a there's a skill gap there. There's not a an opportunity to pull out that potential. They need to be poured into, and then that is a training opportunity at that point.
1: Interesting. Okay. What about those situations where I'm the team member and I need to coach up? I need to help <laughs> my leader. Uh, you know, my team seems to have no problem with it, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> but uh, tell me, talk about those situations it, where, where, you know, w- when is that feasible um, and, and how, do you, how do you do that without breaking eggs?
0: Yeah. So it comes back down to that safe environment again. You know, what kind of culture do you have? Is it OK to have that kind of conversation? Um, How have you made it clear that it's okay to have that conversation? How have you made it clear that it's not okay to have that conversation? Um, Those are, those are um, things that I would have you look for. And then, you know, making sure that again, when you're coaching, it's all about respect and it's all about, you know, an even playing field and bringing up and staying curious. Um, And, you know, if uh, uh, me as a direct report of yours, I might ask you a few questions. So, Mike, so how did you think that meeting went? You know, kind of get, get your um, input on that. And then, um, you know, before the meeting, you said that you were going to be able to give me some space in that meeting to talk about my expertise. And we left that meeting and all they knew were, was my name. So I haven't shamed you. I haven't told you that you're a terrible person and you're a horrible boss and you hate me. I have told you the facts and I stuck to the facts and I didn't taint that with any type of, um, you know, attitude or presumption, presumptions there.
1: Well, so let's talk about that because uh, you just just the facts. But there's, there seems to be in pop psychology and pop workplace psychology, a lot of focus on feelings <laughs> and I ain't got no room for feelings, I but um, like. yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the role of expressing, expressing things that way? You yeah. made me feel this way.
0: Yeah. That to me is, it's important in certain situations you know, if your comeback to that was, um, well, that's just tough. That you know, that's where we went. Then it may be important for me to to share with you. Well, I felt like I could trust you that we were going to do this thing, and now I'm feeling like I can't. You know, and that's going to give you data. Um, but feelings, it's not a hundred percent all the time, but it is data that when it, when it's important, it's good data, but it's not one of those things that you just, you lather everything up with every day because then that's enough, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Real tiring real quick. And I love people. I mean, I'm a people, they give me energy, but there's, you know, there's a, there's a point where you just got to get the job, done. I don't care what you feel like. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I've been married 25 years, so I know how to, I know how to, uh, emote and feel, feel things when I'm supposed to, but, but there's a point where I just got to get the job done. Right. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. we're, uh, well, so let's say we have that coaching session. What do we, what's the follow up to that? I mean, do we do that and then let it go and trust that person to get it, you know, that they're going to do it right. Or do we need, you know, you know, do we undermine ourselves by, are we, are we taking control of it again? If we circle back, what's, what's the, what's, what's the the next step?
0: So one of the things I really like to empower my leaders with is, um, having them empower their coachee to follow up. So when you, when you finish a discussion, you know, we finish up with some strategy and next steps. So what are we going to do or what are you going to do? How's it going to look like? What are your dates? Um, how do I know it's going to be done? Um, how do you know it's going to be successful? We're talking about all of that. And then um, and then you agree. How, how is that next follow-up going to look like? Um, is it going to be the next meeting that you're going to report back? Um, you know, it's all in that, that agreement piece on that. Um, I don't recommend coming back and following and following and following up um, because that becomes like micromanagement. However, it's going to vary based on the level of employee that you're dealing with, right? It's going to vary on a number of things. Um, and if you if your job has become the follow-up master, then the coaching is probably not going as effectively as it should. Um, or there's just there's a way that um, the interactions really aren't setting in. And it could be one or both uh, of or coach or or the coach.
1: So set clear expectations about deliverables or next steps at the end of the coasting or during the coaching session. And so, and so that it's real clear when we leave, we know what's going to happen. And that's interesting because I, I recently did an investigation for a, a large employer and uh, in a department and the manager, there wasn't anything uh, as it turned out it, that I thought was illegal in the investi- in and in, in how the manager was treating people. But, uh, the manager definitely managed by playing gotcha. Well, okay, would mention something. Hey, this needs to get done. Then with no expectation as to win or setting deadlines or anything, and then, you know, a week, ten days later, just walk up to the, somebody's desk or their office and say, "Hey, where's this project at?" Okay, I didn't. You know, we don't. We didn't know where this was in the priority yeah. and list and all of that, and so. So I can definitely see where that would, you know, in this organization, it caused a lot of chaos and uh, and uh, senior leadership, I think, understood it by the time we were done. But that was a a real problem. So we need to set if we're going to do this coaching and and spend all this time doing the coaching session and walking somebody through that process. We need to set, Okay, here's what it's going to look like going forward. Here's when I'll follow up. And it may be different for different circumstances.
0: Yeah. And Mike, um, one of the things that about learning how to coach and, and, and taking on a, a leader coach mindset is that you can use these skills outside of a, a session. Right. This is I mean, imagine if you left every single meeting or every single conversation with clear expectations. How, how, <laughs> how much yeah. better would your life be?
1: That would be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, no,
0: and if you treat
1: record them, though, so because that's yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, don't, I may not remember in, in two days what we agreed to. So,
0: well, there we go. Um, and so that's another issue. But <laughs> but if you treated everyone like a partner and mm-hmm. you, you know, you stayed curious and you didn't assume that you knew what they were going to say or you knew what they were going to do and you stayed in the moment and you were present that that's like relationship enhancing. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we do just need to get the job done. But the jobs are going to get done at a much higher quality when people are communicating on that type of level.
1: Great. Well, Christine, that's all the time we have. But thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it.
1: And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer, and I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then, be well, do good and keep your chin up.